You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Greetings and welcome to episode 166 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. It's Sean, and I got a special guest for you this week. It's my good buddy, Renee. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad to see you here back on the show. It's been a while since you've uh, been on SoulForge. It has. Uh, I was on uh, last summer for the uh, Forks in the Road uh, conversation with a few other people. That's right. I think it was your cousin and our good buddy, Bob. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. It's been a while. So uh, glad to have you back on here. And we're going to talk about parenting, your life as a father. Yes, it's been uh, quite the life. I've got uh, three boys at home, and uh, I'm married, and everything is revolving around that. Right. And you did a little bit of homework for the episode. I did. Uh, you had come to me before in the past and had asked if I would uh, be on the show to talk about it. It seemed like the right time, so I uh, went through and put together some of my thoughts and put together like a quick 10-minute presentation on parenting and how I've been exposed to it and how I've been dealing with it. We'll see what people think. All right, so why don't we go ahead and we'll play that, and then we'll be right back. Sounds good. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Matthew Broderick said this very famous line as Ferris Bueller from the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I was just 10 years old when I first watched this movie, and now I find myself present day, 42 years old, married, father of three boys, working full-time, and trying to upgrade my education. Hello, my name is Renee. And this is Life in the Fast Lane, a presentation about life as a parent. How did I get here? Well, first of all, our kind host, Sean, has been asking me since he started the Soul Forge if I would do an episode with him. When I asked him what we should talk about, he just replied, you. This caught me off guard. What could be so special about me that all the Soul Forge fans would find that interesting? He said me, as a parent, the things I do for my kids and my wife. That's the stuff you all want to hear about. Sean and I have been good friends since about 1997 when we first met. We met while I was in college and he was in university at the same campus through mutual friends. Our friendship has gone through some great distances as we both tried to live our lives outside of higher education, but always remained in touch. As fortune would find it, we both now live in the same city for over 15 years. With the advent of texting, we talk every day, but it's not often we get to hang out. Once in a while, we catch up, have tea, or watch some cheesy flicks together. But it's never been quite the amount of time that we are used to. Perhaps this would be a good place to start my life as a parent. Nothing can ever quite prepare you for what to expect when you are expecting. Not even those cheesy books. Having children is life-changing, literally. 
From the day I held my first son to the day I held my twin sons, I knew what my purpose was. I was to be a great role model, an amazing father, and an awesome husband. Raising my first son as a baby seemed to go very well for my wife and I. He was quick to learn, slept through his nights, and was potty trained by 18 months. We decided we wanted to have more children. Imagine our surprise when we found out we were having twins. I can remember the day we found out we were having twins quite vividly. The ultrasound technician was acting all weird and causing my wife some major concern. She then suddenly asked my wife if I was in the hospital with them. And I was. I was in the waiting room. She called me in and my wife was laying there in tears. She was thinking, oh my god, something's wrong with the baby. That's when the technician told us we were having twins. Probably not the best way to find out and a little more stress than my pregnant wife needed to be under, but it was still amazing news. Nothing can ever really prepare you for twins, not even my son that came first. They were nothing like him at all. The twins were also very different from each other. The first twin took to a soother and slept through his nights. The second twin relied on his thumb, but was very colicky. We were going on about two weeks of little to no sleep when we discovered that the colicky twin would settle if I was walking him. I'm not sure if he had just attuned to my heartbeat or what, but that's what I did. I walked him every night for what felt like two months. I would get up every morning and go to work exhausted, and then I would come home and play with all three of my boys. Playtime was great. As they got older, playtime changed with them. We'd go from playing with the baby toys to Thomas the Train. We watched educational shows, their favorite still to this day being Farmer Dave. We taught them to ride bikes, and we played with Play-Doh, which, by the way, is the messiest toy in the world every time we had to take out the vacuum to clean up. The boys all went to gymnastics, and then they started school. The days were very full, and there was never a dull moment. My wife and I both have professional careers that kept us pretty busy throughout the hustle and bustle of it all. One thing we always ensured was that each day we sat as a family around the table for dinner. This was important. My wife started to move up the chain at work. She took on different roles and different responsibilities, which required her to continue upgrading her education. She ended up getting specialist papers to a master's degree. During this, I got to spend lots of time with my kids. They eventually grew up a bit more, and I was able to share more of what I enjoyed as a child with them, from watching classics like E.T. to playing with Transformer toys. Then it happened. They were old enough to start playing hockey. I had not been on skates for almost 19 years and decided to take the time to relearn. I would go skating at the public skating with my co-workers until I was confident enough to be on the ice with my boys. I spent time with each of them, getting comfortable skating and teaching them the basics. The twins took a bit more effort than my oldest, but they eventually came around. Timbit hockey started and I found myself in a frenzy of a hockey life I could never imagine. My wife and I would take turns scrambling home from work to get the kids and to get their gear and get them to the rink. Then we would cram into a tiny room with 15 other kids plus their parents to try and get them dressed. For my oldest, it was not too bad, but for my twins, I really shined at this. I got so good I was able to dress two kids for hockey faster than most could dress one. Then it happened. I was a proud parent sitting in the crowd watching my kids do pirouettes on the ice during the game. At one point, when my oldest twin would skate, I swear it looked like he was trying to paddle a canoe. Timbit hockey is really something special to watch. It's not about winning or losing. It's about watching kids learn their skills and develop throughout the year. 
I would do this two to three times a week all winter long. As they got older, it did get a little easier. Less time was needed in the dressing rooms and I was able to spend more time chatting up with the other hockey parents. It was always a pleasure to watch them play, especially today. My twins are 11 and my oldest is 13. I think back to them skating circles on the ice and completely ignoring the puck to what they are doing now. My oldest is a defenseman and he absolutely loves shutting down the players coming down to score. My twins are both wingers, always out there trying to set up plays to score the puck. I find when I'm at the rink, even more these days, that I'm thankful that the twins have always been on the same team. Each of their teams is on the ice two or three times a week now, for a solid eight months. But the absolute worst, and most parents will tell you this, 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. practices. There is also some real fun in attending the out-of-town tournaments with the other players. The team gets to bond and you get to know the other parents of the players. Hockey has been a great medium for me to spend more time with my kids and actually get to interact and watch them play and develop and take everything that they've learned from hockey and apply it in life. My kids aren't the superstars out there playing on your AAA, AA teams. They play house league hockey. They enjoy it. They love it. What they like most is that they don't have to spend every other weekend out of town. Before I continue rambling on, let's stop for a moment. That's a lot of information and you're thinking, why am I sharing all of this? Well, that's what it's about. Parenting. My life as a parent. As a hockey parent. It's all about selfless dedication for the family to make it work. My wife and I both contribute equally with a little give and take on each side, but that's how we make it work. We've been married for 16 years and I still love her as much today as I did when we first met. It's interesting how things change. Now I'm the one continuing my education and working on a bachelor degree in leadership. My kids still play hockey and I will always be there to cheer them on and to make sure they get to their games. It's really weird when you stop to look at it and you see how much time you're starting to get back as your kids become older and more independent. You spend so much of your life running around, preparing dinners, cleaning the house, doing laundry, having fun with your kids. It's really odd when you get a little bit more time for you. Everything comes down to how you want to prioritize your life. I live by my kids' schedule. They are my biggest priority in my life. And they are my responsibility to ensure they grow up to be respectful boys. To do this takes a lot of hard work, dedication, and role modeling. It can be as simple as wearing your bike helmet when going for a family bike ride. They see you wearing it and they understand why they have to wear it. My life is still pretty busy to this day, but it's in a different way. I still try to make as much time for my friends as I can. I will make efforts to talk to most of them frequently, although we may only see each other every other month or so, it is important to maintain those close connections. As much as I love my wife, it's great to communicate with other adults. When I think about the quote from the beginning, yes, life moves pretty fast. You do need to stop once in a while and take a look around. And thinking back to how I went from there to here feels like a blink of an eye, let alone the 13 years that have passed raising children. Kids change you. They bring out the best in you because you want to bring out the best in them. Just make sure that it takes some time for you along the way. Thank you. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. All right. Welcome back, listeners. Well, you've been here the whole time, but we're back now after Renee's recording. So that was uh, that was.
quite well put together. You sounded very animated and uh, it was full of information. How long did that take you to, to figure out? Well, uh, it took maybe about 40 minutes to come up with the uh, outline and basics of what I thought I might talk about. And then it took, I would say, probably another hour to uh, just record it and get it ready for to be on the show. Well, it almost seems like you've been editing podcasts for six and a half years like I have. <laughs> no, but I do have a, a background in radio and I spent quite a bit of time uh, editing audio when I worked in radio. So. Oh, so you know what you're doing. Okay, so before we get into the main topic, we should play a promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network, and then we'll return right after that. You left the crew from Earth Station Who with the doctor in her prison cell and everyone else trapped in Chibnall Hell. Never fear, the way is clear with the crew of Earth Station Who right here. We save the day in the best possible way by giving you all new episodes. We mean the good stuff. Classic stories, big finish, fan favorites too. Coming to you throughout the year with happy Hoovy and cheer. And a smidge of super bonus Graham, so never fear. You can find Earth Station Who wherever you listen to fine podcasts. Remember to tell all your friends. Except for Ryan. And leave feedback and subscribe. First Station Who is a proud member of the ESO Network. Okay, now don't you just love the Earth Station podcast as well? Absolutely. I knew it. Okay, so into the questions and so on. I had a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk to you about based on your recording. And of course, yes, we have known each other about 23 years. It's been a while, yes. So, yeah, we've, uh, we've been through a lot. We've seen each other go through good times and bad times, all kinds of different things. I think I know most of the answers to these questions that I'll ask you, but uh, our listeners don't know you, and maybe it'll give you a, a new way of thinking about things as well. So what I really wanted to know, first of all, um, what are your favorite parenting moments? Well, there's a lot to choose from. Uh, as you can tell from the recording, hockey has been a, a big part of the parenting uh, that I've been doing, and uh, we've been very involved just to keep our kids busy, keep them focused uh, and getting the, the ability to learn from what they're doing from being active in sports. But uh, I love watching them play. I love them having those aha moments on the ice when they uh, are very successful. And I've been there to pick them up when things haven't gone as well as they, they should have. I don't know. It, it's really hard to say. Uh, they, uh, kids surprise you every day. They do well in school or they don't do well in school or they come home and they tell you they tried out for a play and they're going to be in the play. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know you were interested in the play. So that's great. And, uh, we encourage them as much as we can. But to pinpoint uh, a particular moment that I'm most proud of, I, it, it's it's when you're you're not paying, hard to describe. It's, it's those moments where you're not looking for it and it happens. So like you're there and suddenly like uh, maybe your kid will uh, help somebody, uh, get something uh, that they dropped or something without being asked or when they uh, do things just spontaneously that is good natured and you're just like okay so now I know I'm, I'm doing them on the right path they're on the right path when I see them uh, showing these values and these uh, expressions and good manners and stuff like that when other people tell you your child is, is so pleasant to be around they're so well behaved it's like uh they're, uh, they're saints out of the house, and then they're little terrors in the house. I hear you. I understand that completely. Uh, the one thing that surprised me in the uh, recording that you put together for us was the fact that you had uh, practiced skating before with your coworkers and so on be, before you took your kids out on the ice. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really fortunate. I had another coworker that was uh, interested in kind of relearning how to skate, so 
at the time. Uh, I said, well, you know, my kids are almost old enough to learn skating. My wife used to play a little bit of hockey when she was growing up, but uh, has a total fear of skating now. I guess as you get older and you get taller, it's uh, a lot further down to the ice and you're going to get hurt or whatever. Right. So I, I took up the mantle for that and I uh, strapped on a brand new pair of skates and I uh, built up my confidence. I learned how to skate, I learned how to turn, uh, do crossovers and just basics like learning how to stop. When I was younger, nine, uh, the 19 years prior to that, when I... Uh, when I was younger and I was uh, skating back as a kid, I didn't know how to stop, so I would just slam into the board. So oh, of course. Now I can actually stop and maybe throw up a little bit of the ice. But I don't. Uh, I never got into uh, playing a lot of hockey, uh, especially when I was younger. I think I went to one uh, hockey practice and I told my parents I didn't want to do it, and they were like, "Okay." So it's unfortunate because I enjoy the kids playing it so much, and I got really involved. I do uh, team manager for their their teams. I do a lot of scheduling. And within the last three years, I joined the uh, hockey board as well for the association. So it's been it's been pretty busy. It's been quite the ride. And uh, as long as my kids are interested in it, then I will still continue to participate as well. So it all kind of really started with me learning how to skate so that I could teach them how to skate. I think the first year, first season for the hockey for them was just prior to Timbits. And it was uh, skating clinics where I'd have to go on the ice with them. So... It was a lot of back-breaking work, but it was just to get them used to being on the ice and how to move on the skates. And, and I've been to several games, and, and they're really good, so you, you've done well. Uh, I guess you don't get a lot of free time for yourself, for your own projects, your own personal hobbies and interests. No, and I think it's, uh, it, it, it comes down to prioritizing, right? So it's I love watching movies. I love uh, sci-fi, fantasy, horror movies. I love to read. Uh, I love video games, but I never play them. My kids always take over the consoles, but I find that my, the way I've been prioritizing things is just that I kind of let things happen, and if there's time for me to do something I really want to do, I'll do it. If it's very important, I'll make the time to do it. However, most times it's just go with the flow. So if there's a lot of hockey tournaments coming up or we have a lot of hockey uh, practices, stuff going on with school for the kids, helping the kids with their school homework, uh, or just getting things done around the house, like the basics, uh, cooking and laundry and that. My wife and I, we take turns taking on all the different roles and the functions to get the house moving along, but we both work professional careers, as I mentioned in the uh, recording, so it's very, it's very challenging to juggle both of our schedules for work and then juggling the kids activities and then the parenting time and then usually like about my kids are like 11 and 13 now so it's not till like 9 30 10 o'clock till they go to bed and by then I'm exhausted so all the things I really want to do or things I would like to uh, get done I, I really only have an hour or so to do it and I'm just so tired that uh, I choose uh, mostly to spend that time with my wife just have some downtime before we go to bed. That's probably a good choice. Yeah, for sure. Now, I know that, uh, like I said, we've, we've known each other for over half our lives, and we used to do a lot of things together. We used to, uh, along with our good buddy Bob, we'd go down to Sudbury every summer for what we call Rebosh weekends, which was uh, R-E for Renee, B-O for Bob, and S-H for Sean, so we called them Rebosh. And we'd go see movies, we'd go to Toys R Us, and, and we haven't done that in a few years. We're way overdue. Oh, it's been, what, six years? 
Five years? Uh, well, five years since we went to the Weird Al concert. Yeah, so we kind of turned that into a rebosh, going to the concert. But yeah, that was, uh, we tried to make it an annual thing, and then it was like a buy, uh, sorry, it was uh, every couple of years, and then we just had this huge gap because everything's been busy. Um, and then, of course, we couldn't this year because of COVID. COVID was bad, yeah. So we, we were hoping to go away. I think we were going to go in uh, January, was it not? I think it was. And then we... Uh, January was busy, so then we said, well, we'll do something in the summer, and COVID hit in March, and we really haven't been able to do anything. No, it's true. It's, it's very sad. We'll have to uh, redouble our efforts to, to do things together. Absolutely. Because that, that's one thing that I miss a lot. But back to the, the, the questions that I wanted to ask you. So I asked you about um, favorite parenting moments. Did you have any scary moments with the kids? Absolutely. Kids can be terrifying just as much as they're uh, pleasant to be around. I have a child who's, uh, who's asthmatic, so... He's given us quite a few scares where he'd have to get hospitalized for his asthma. At certain times of year, asthma tends to flare up. With him, it was always April, May. So usually, um, until, until they got the medication kind of sorted out, it was almost every year he had to go to the hospital and be put on oxygen and the steroids and everything like that. And now that they have his medication a little bit more aligned with uh, his needs, uh, we have not had to have that that happened but then but then all of a sudden recently I think it was in uh, January uh, he ended up getting hospitalized for uh, pneumonia hmm. which is like okay well he's, he's not really sick sick but he's he's got pneumonia so they want to keep him and treat him they ended up treating him for the pneumonia and giving him some medication and they gave it to him in the waiting room while he was still there before he got admitted and he ended up having an anaphylactic shock from the medication. Jeez. So they hauled him into the emergency area of the ER. So there's there's like the waiting areas where they, they put you in a little screen room. And then there's like a room, an emergency room that's just off from the, uh, the ambulance bay. So he got hauled in there and they gave him the EpiPen and everything like that. And then they had to try and get an IV in him. And they had a really hard time finding a, a good vein. So he was getting frustrated. But... It was scary to see him go through that. It, it, it's ironic because my other, his other twin it has a nut allergy and has been carrying EpiPens for years and we've never had to use it. And so the one that didn't have any allergies, we discovered does have an allergy to a certain medication family. So that, uh, that was a pretty scary moment. So like we've dealt with him going in for his asthma and then with pneumonia and then finding out that he has an allergy to medicine. It just... Uh, was just frightening. Yeah, you must have uh, been freaking out a lot, I'd guess. It was pretty scary. Did you, you panic? I uh, I didn't panic. Unfortunately, I, well, maybe fortunately, I was kind of waiting because we didn't know he was going to get admitted. So I was there to kind of like pick them up from the ER. My wife was in with them, and she got to watch everything go down. Mm. So basically, when she stopped texting, I kind of got nervous that something was not right. And then sure enough, afterwards, when I went in, I found out that what had happened and he was just laying there on the uh, hospital bed so that was a pretty scary moment it sounds pretty scary actually yeah yeah uh so other questions uh, any regrets or anything you do differently over the last 11 13 years yeah i would say that uh, i wish i would have uh I, I worked for one company for about 14 years and everything was going really good for the first probably 10 years or so but then the last four years there the place kind of fell apart and grew into a really toxic environment for me and a lot of the co-workers that I worked at there probably one thing I regret was 
not leaving sooner. So I, I feel bad because I go through this work day and I come home completely stressed and frustrated because of everything I had to deal with at work. And my family wasn't getting the best version of me at home because I was still trying to deal with my day. So my patience was probably not as great as it usually was. Mm -hmm. I wasn't as cheerful as I was. I was probably appearing depressed more often than not. But uh, and, and kids will pick that up, that negative vibe. Oh, for sure. And uh, it was just really challenging because I kept fighting through it. And I spent a good probably two and a half, three years trying to make things better in the environment for myself and my coworkers. And it just kept hitting a wall after wall and it just seemed you get to that weird spot where nobody really wants to listen to reason so finally my wife put an ultimatum out for me and said either you take the first job offer you get or or you're just going to end up keep suffering there right so uh, I did take the first job offer I got when I uh, finally broke down trying to fix everything it worked out not bad it was different though because now I was working I went from working into a really toxic environment to one that was very busy, under-resourced, and uh, I was working crazy hours. I had a regular eight-hour shift I would work, and then I would go back and work two, three more hours overtime every night. So Right, yeah. and, and I saw even less during that time. Exactly. So then my kids were now not getting a... They were getting a different version of me who was exhausted because I had to keep working. So I'd get them to bed, and I'd go to work for another three hours, so... It was, a, it was not a, an ideal environment for me, but uh, things are good now. I've moved on since then. I finally got into a place where I'm doing uh, the work I, I really was interested in doing, and uh, it keeps me, keeps me good. It's a, it's a seven-hour-day job. There's some travel involved, but uh, everything's really good. The benefits pay, everything. The kids are happy, and I'm happy, so it's just been a learning curve, but uh, it's coming along. So would you say your attitude affects the family as a whole? Like, are, are you the one who's responsible for their feelings? Is it, is it happy man, happy clan? No, I, I would say it's, it's, it's really unique because any one of us can affect the family as a whole. So if my wife has a bad day or if I have a bad day or any of my children have a bad day, it will affect everybody in some way. But uh, I would say my wife and I, if we've had a rough day, it's definitely going to affect everyone a little bit more because mm -hmm. we are the ones who are ultimately responsible for most of the things in our house. So if we come home and we're tired and we're exhausted or we've had a bad day and we're frustrated and angry, then that's uh, something that we have to work out to make sure that we don't express it as much when we're at home. Right. That makes total sense. So those are basically what I wanted to know. Is, is there anything uh, that you've learned overall being a family man being the dad that you are is there any uh any parting wisdom that you could talk to our listeners about maybe if uh, if they're struggling being a father or a mother or thinking about starting a family to begin with well it's just like that uh ferris bueller quote right like life moves pretty fast right you need to stop and take a look around you you're always busy trying to get everything done and connect all the dots and get to the next spot or whatever you're doing you need to take the time to stop and look around and take a look at your kids. Watch what they're doing. Are they happy? Are they sad? Are they playing with their friends? Do they not have any friends? And maybe you need to be a little bit more active with them, right? So taking the time to find an interest that they enjoy and do that time with them. Like my kids all expressed it, uh, a huge interest in fishing this year. And we made sure we got out to go do lots of fishing. And we had a really successful fishing trip. They caught lots of bass. It was very exciting. 
establishing a routine where they feel comfortable around you, making sure that they're willing to be able to talk to you about anything, I think is a huge part of it. Uh, as I mentioned in the recording, every day we have dinner together, a minimum dinner together at the table where everyone can talk about their day or talk about what's bugging them. You'd be surprised some of the things the kids come up with, especially when that uh, sex ed curriculum came mm -hmm. out for the, the younger grades. Like yeah. The conversations we had at the dinner table were unreal, but you know, the kids are comfortable and they were asking questions. So we had to uh, explain some stuff to them, but that's what it was all about. Setting up that comfort zone where they're used to, that's how we deal with things at the table. And that's the conversations that we can have. It's open. And all my kids know that they can all talk to me or their mom one-on-one -on -one as well. And uh, you just establish those routines and let them know that uh, they're important and that what they have to say is, is meaningful, right? So, so open and honest communication is the, the fundamental. For sure. And you need to have that with your spouse or your girlfriend or whoever you're with for your kids as well. So like, that's, that's huge. That's, uh, that's good. So I, th I think we learned a lot. Now, basically, uh, part of the reason behind this podcast was because you're doing a presentation for one of your coursework. Yeah, so as I mentioned in our, the recording there, my wife had did a lot of work following her career as she moved up the chain there. So she did a lot of training and specialization papers she had to get, and then eventually she got her master's in education. So it's been about 10 years now since uh, she started that journey, and our kids are older, so I'm in a unique position where I'm now able to do my stuff, right? So I'm looking to upgrade my education as well. So Currently, I'm enrolled in a bachelor of leadership degree, and it has many uh, courses that I have to take, and the current one I'm taking is effective communication. Part of that is uh, preparing this presentation for my final project and getting some feedback on it and reflecting on it. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to eke out this time for uh, your presentation, for an episode for my weekly podcast. Uh, did you have... A series of questions that uh, you wanted to ask right now or is that for a later time? Well what I'd like to do is uh, I have a, a link I would like to post with the podcast that people could go through and if they could take the time just to fill out the short survey just to give me some feedback that would be appreciated if you don't have the time that's okay but for those who do it would greatly help me with my assignment and my final project to get all that wrapped up. So. So you'll send me that link and I'll put it in the show notes and the people can click on the link right from the show notes and go to the survey. Exactly. Okay, perfect. So we'll get that all set up once uh, this is all edited and ready to go. Uh, any final words? The only thing I could say is uh, you got to be patient as a parent. I think that's the number one thing that people have to work on. You have a bad day and everything and you got to consider what your kids are going through and what their day might have been like. And they may not be able to comprehend what your day was like, but you need to understand what their level is like. Especially now with the COVID and everything that's going on and all the news that's coming out, kids are struggling to figure out how they fit in a world that requires you to wear a mask or how you're only allowed to have a bubble of 10 people or why they can't go see their grandparents as much as they'd like. In the beginning when we were, why are we wiping down all their groceries as we bring them in? Like they didn't understand uh, at what level the pandemic was at and the fear and the panic and you need to be able to take the time to help them understand that in a way that's meaningful for them and we're very fortunate now that the we're kind of not that we're on the tail end of the pandemic but the spike in the uh, panic in the pandemic has kind of seized a bit 
and things are opening up a little bit and the restrictions are lifting just enough that you can build some kind of uh, social life outside of your house. It was funny, my wife and I, I don't know if anybody's seen Step Brothers, but uh, we were always laughing at the scene where they're talking about how the house is a prison. Mm. And uh, I would play that for her on a daily basis, I think almost through all of March. And that's how we dealt with it. So Humor. Yeah, humor. Humor is a big way. And especially with the kids at the table, I use humor quite a bit. So the, uh, the king of dad jokes, there's always lots going on. So what I took away from this whole thing is that it's all about time and communication. So that was awesome. I'm glad we got the time to do this. Appreciate you coming by. We're, we're going to have to get you on the, on the podcast more often. For sure. I'd love to do that. Even if it's an excuse just for us to hang out. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get this edited up. Uh, listeners, uh, if you could take the time to fill out that little survey, the link is in the show notes. Uh, make sure you take care. And remember, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Your support is greatly appreciated, and we hope you'll tune in again next time. Remember that you can visit soulforgepodcast.com for all of our social media links, and don't forget to share the show with everyone you know. The Soul Forge Podcast is your best source for living your best life. Think about it. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.